0: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two Two
1: experts. experts. I'm Kristen Pitts. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's Let's go to to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk about a trial that has everything. Religion, a media circus, a double murder, a forbidden love affair, and a
0: female pig farmer. And I'll be talking about the toxic tush doctor. The woman accused of injecting fix-a-flat and construction-grade silicone into women's asses.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Cheddar's. Ooh. You
0: know what they have there? What do they have? Honey butter croissants.
1: Oh, my God.
0: If you have not had one, it is a flaky Mm -hmm. bite of heaven. Yes. If I do say so myself. Why did you make
1: them? I did not, but Cheddar's did. They are handmade daily. You know, I'm it's occurring to me now that lying about being sponsored by chairs might be a problem.
0: Um, you know well, who this po- this podcast is not sponsored by? Who? Fucking Noodles and Company. <laughs> <laughs> Randy,
1: <laughs> when are you gonna get over your anger? Or... Never <laughs> they took that. Noodles and spicy...
0: company, you are dead to me until you bring back that spicy Caesar wrap.
1: You have one day. <laughs>
0: Are you ready? Yes. Okay, so I told you that I was going to do this case, Mm -hmm. and I was really excited about it. Um, And I really wanted to do this case. It was on my original list, like when I was coming up with, you know, ideas for episodes. Turns out, (laughs) there's not that much information available about the actual trial, but I said, fuck it, and I'm doing it anyway, because I, I really it. want it to. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this is our damn podcast. That's so. right.
1: And it kind of makes me think of, like, the Robert Courtney stuff. Yes. Where, yeah. Technically, <laughs> there wasn't a criminal trial, but yes. the story is crazy. Yes. So <laughs> yes. let's Except just go away. for it. Okay.
0: I got a lot of my information from um, CBS Miami articles by Carrie Cod and Joan Murray. Um, CBS Miami actually had this awesome thing where um, – I went to their website, and I could search this person's name, and every article that was written about this case came up And so, I it, for for CBS Miami. So I was able to, like, follow a timeline through them, so that was amazing. Okay, now, to people who don't do research,
1: that <laughs> doesn't sound like anything at all, but that is actually it amazing. Is actually amazing. <laughs> so yes. convenient.
0: Yes. And then I also had a really great um, – I found a really great Washington Post article by um, Katie Mettler that I used. Okay, so the Toxic Tish Doctor. Yay. In 2011, a woman sought medical care at multiple Miami area hospitals. Over several months during 2011, she went to different hospitals. She had a massive infection, um, which turned out to be MRSA, and she also was suffering from pneumonia. So the hospital, the various hospitals are like trying to figure out where she got this infection and how it got so bad. And in case you don't know, MRSA is like a staph infection on steroids. It's resistant to antibiotics. It's super hard to fight. And so it was in the really advanced stages. I'm sorry. I have to clear my throat to go for I do not clear my throat in a week as many times as I do it while we are here recording the this pressure. podcast.
1: It's the pressure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. So she has this massive MRSA infection mm-hmm. and the hospital's like, you know, we got to get to the bottom of this. Have you done anything weird? Um, you know, think about your behaviors or whatever. And so <laughs> finally, behaviors. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <gasps> okay. <laughs> Finally, she admits that she received cosmetic injections in a hotel room. Oh no. And that the sites where the injections were like put in her body, the injection sites were sealed with cotton balls and super glue. What? Yeah, so I, this is how I picture it. So she's in oh. a ho- she goes to this like dark hotel, room, <laughs> <laughs> lays on a massage table. Uh-huh. And gets what she believes are cosmetic-grade silicone injections to make her have, like, a more shapely behind.
1: Was this, like... You know in some high-end hotels they have like the spas. That- no no no, this was no. like in a
0: hotel room. <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, and some sketchy person yes. showed up with yes. a syringe. Yes. Gotcha. But
0: it was like really a discounted rate, like I would hope you know, so. super cheap silicone injections. My ass is going to look great and I'm going to pay next to nothing. So the woman gives her the injections in her ass and then dabs cotton balls and super glue and like sticks them on the parts where she did the injections
1: like a craft project
0: (laughs) as if she's creating santa's beard (laughs) out of cotton balls oh my god yes so the hospital's like what the fuck we have to figure out what's in your ass and so, how many times have I heard that? Yes. <laughs> so, again, this is in my mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. They need to get a sample of what was injected in her ass. So, in my mind, they take like a comically large syringe <laughs> and stick it in her ass and pull out whatever was in there, a uh-huh. sample of it. And they send that off to the lab. Lab results come back. And it shows that the injections consisted of cement, fix-a-flat, oh my God. mineral oil, what? and construction-grade silicone, like that you buy at Home Depot. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. Okay, question. Yes.
1: Do you know how much she paid for this um,
0: procedure? I don't. In this For this specific victim, I don't know. Um, there's a couple of other victims that will come along, okay. and I have some... Numbers for them, but it looks like everybody was paying a little bit different. Maybe somewhere around like a two hundred dollar range. Oh yeah, you got to pay more than that to Absolutely. have your ass improved. <laughs> Absolutely. So the hospital alerts um, the Florida Department of Health, and they notify the Miami Gardens Police Department, and an investigation begins. The investigation leads to the arrest of O'Neill Ron Morris. Who is a transgender woman who sometimes went by the name Duchess? So, um, for our purposes in this, all of the news articles refer to her as O'Neill Ron Moore. So that's what I'm going to call her, but I yeah. will use the she/her.
1: Yeah, if that's pronoun, what she wants, that's what sure. she wants
0: exactly. Um, but only a couple people refer to her as Duchess, so I'm going to refer to her by her legal name and then yeah, call it good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So O'Neill Ron Morris is arrested. Um, in the meantime, victim number one, as we'll call her, this person that sought all this medical treatment, she suffers from life-threatening injuries resulting oh. in multiple surgeries, and she required extensive home care over, like, a series of, like, four months.
1: Well, because I'm sure she couldn't move, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the
0: infection has gotten so bad, and this stuff that is in her ass is is like causing these like nodules and stuff oh so just horrible. In November of 2011, Morris is charged with unlicensed practice of healthcare with serious injury. Um her lawyer, Michael M- <laughs> Mirror, Myrer, M I R E R. Sure, Mirror. Mirror. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, her lawyer, Michael Mer- (laughs) Meyer. What did (laughs) I say? Mirror. Michael Mirror. (laughs) Michael Myers, the guy from Halloween. (laughs) Wow, that is crazy. (laughs) Who knew he went back to school and turned his (laughs) life around? Good for him. Absolutely. So, Michael Mirror said um, the claims against his client were false- and he questioned the ability of Tampa General Hospital to make a diagnosis after Ryder Trauma Center treated the victim. And this is what he said. He said, I find it interesting that the alleged victim goes to one of the best hospitals in the world, Jackson Memorial, then goes to Ryder Trauma Center, one of the best hospitals in the world. And not until months later does she go to another hospital, Tampa General, and it's at that hospital where the doctor determines the substance she was injected with. So I'm interested what the state is going to have as far as evidence to be able to show that my client had anything to do with injecting this woman, this alleged victim, with these substances. Uh, okay, so I have several problems with this statement. Yes. Okay, so he's basically saying that Tampa General is like a shit hospital. Yes, he's
1: absolutely <laughs> saying that. <Yes. laughs> There's no basically.
0: Yes. <laughs> and um that how are they gonna prove that his his client was um involved at all, right? Mm. So this he finishes by saying this is like one of my favorite quotes of his. He says there's going to be no proof or any documentation that my client accepted any money. Well, no fucking shit. Yeah. Sherlock, she wasn't running credit cards. She was taking cash in a dimly lit hotel room.
1: I I tell you what, that would be a great defense for like defending any kind of illegal yes, activity. Yes. Well, they don't have this on the books. <laughs> no no shit. You know, okay, and my other issue with this is, okay, those first two hospitals, she yeah. was embarrassed, right? Yeah. So she didn't tell them, okay, I, I'm certainly not one to say, oh, doctors are perfect, doctors should catch everything, but... Doctors are not psychic. No, I mean, they, when you, she
0: didn't tell them. Yeah, From my understanding, she did not tell them that she had gotten these injections. As the
1: patient, I feel like you go in and you need to tell them whatever you think will help them figure uh, out what's wrong with you. Yes. Even if it's embarrassing. Absolutely. Oh, yes. my God. Yes. Okay. Continue.
0: Okay. So, at that time, the Department of Health says that more potential victims have come forward, and they urge anyone who's impacted to come forward. A few days later, a second person is arrested in the case. Corey Alexander Eubanks is arrested in late November 2011 after victim number two comes forward, saying she was treated by both Eubanks and Morris and that the two worked together and split the money. Um, Victim number two says Eubanks' job was basically to get the patient set up Mm -hmm. and then to escort any witnesses out of the room before the procedure began. Oh. And so, um, another victim later, um, says something about like the injections came out of like a, light bottle, like, while well, oh, this stuff no. that they were mixing together, they were, like, swishing around in a oh. light bottle, and then, so, it was basically his job to make sure nobody saw that this was coming oh, out of a Pedialyte bottle. because people might bottle. be like,
1: um... um
0: I- <laughs> yes. Doesn't look legit. Yeah. Exactly. Eubanks is arrested... And then Morris is actually rearrested because she has actually bonded out of uh, jail at this time after her first arrest. Okay. So, based on what the second victim says, um, she is rearrested and charged with an additional count of the same thing. Um, and then Eubanks is also charged with two counts of um, practicing health care without a license. Okay. Victim 2 says that she knew Morris as duchess and paid her $900 for what she was told were silicone injections. And Morris told her, this is my profession. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> was that in
0: a hotel room, too? I'm, I'm not sure. That okay. one's unclear. Because she also went to people's houses and, like, did it for them at their own houses. So it's unclear where, where Victim 2 received her treatment.
1: See, this is when I, I start to get kind of worried because $900, I feel like now we're getting in that range where I'd be like, well, yeah, well, that's probably legit. And I mean, that's so stupid. <laughs> like, what you know, the higher the amount they want to charge me, the more I'd be like, the, this is a real butt implant. Yeah. Coming from that <laughs> that's Pedialyte that's bottle.
0: Right.
1: And she makes house calls. How great. Yeah.
0: Victim number two also says that after the procedure, Morris covered the injection sites with cotton balls dipped in super glue and suggested that she soak them off with Epsom salts afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this super glued cotton ball on your ass. You just go home, soak that in some Epsom salts, they'll come right off, and that injection site will be just fine. When victim two called Morris twice afterwards with health concerns, Morris first recommended more Epsom salt soaks. And then later suggested she tell the hospital she had MRSA and that the MRSA treatment would resolve her symptoms.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. So she knew exactly. Had to have known, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: At this time, Morris makes bond. Leaves jail. So what does she do? She goes on entertainment tonight to do an interview. What? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) She tells E.T., this is my first and last interview. They didn't catch me doing anything, so they are just allegations. So I'm innocent. I really am innocent, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's a direct quote. Or whatever. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I, and I love the, so, or whatever is, first of all, solid gold. Yes. (laughs) But the thing, they didn't catch me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She goes on to
0: say, it sounds bizarre, but how could America feel like a person would even put cement in somebody's bottom you know, it's just these allegations. I didn't do these things to these people. Just know these people are lying and ruining my life. That's all I have to say. They keep on lying, but you know, the truth will prevail. And you know, that's why we have to have courts and stuff like that.
1: I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Could you read that back again the tr- with the
0: truth will prevail? Yes, the truth but you know the truth will prevail, and you know that's why we have to have
1: courts and stuff like that. A banner. Yes. I wanted skywriting. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. She
0: finished the interview by saying. Get ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. If anybody's the victim, it's definitely me.
1: Oh. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was just a gal with, you know, a long receipt from Hobby Lobby and a dream to fill people's asses to the brim.
0: (laughs) So she goes on this interview at Entertainment Tonight and she said, you know, says all this stuff, you know, I'm, these are all lies. I didn't do this to anybody. This is all going to come out in court that they're lying and I'm innocent. She would have to eat those words later in 2013 no. because she pled guilty to one count of practicing healthcare without a license and was sentenced to one year in prison.
1: Only one year?
0: Yes. Oh. Her accomplice Eubanks pled guilty to two misdemeanor counts of culpable negligence in exchange for one year of probation. So that happened um, in late 2013. So you may be wondering... Like, why did that take so long? What happened in the meantime there? These charges that we just talked about were in Miami-Dade County, Florida. Next door in Broward County, there had also been an investigation going on Mm. for some more serious charges. Okay. Shatarka Newby was a Florida inmate who was serving time for fraud stemming from using a stolen credit card to pay for breast augmentation surgery. Now, I am not one to condone any crimes, but... That seems a little bit genius to me because what are they going to do? Take the implants out? <laughs> you don't have to return the merchandise.
1: They can't repo those.
0: They can't, they can't show up with a tow truck That's and just right. take them off of you. That's right. Are you going to call this the perfect crime? The perfect crime. <laughs> so she's in prison for getting these basically identity theft for getting these breast augmentations on somebody else's card. Um, and while she's in prison, she gets very sick. Um, I'm sorry, I've completely lost my spot. In, my head. in case you're wondering why I'm stalling so much,
1: um, I just thought that like it was a
0: very dramatic <laughs> yes. illness. So, okay, here. I have it. <laughs> so she, while she's serving her sentence in a Florida prison, she becomes very sick. Her butt becomes hard and no. black, oh, and the discoloration extends all the way down past her knees. Oh, um, And she become, she begins to have extreme respiratory issues. In the spring of 2012, she actually passes away while in custody. Oh. Before her death, though, she wrote a letter to the Florida Department of Health stating that between 2007 and 2010, she paid... O'Neal, Ron Morris, to over $2,000 for 10 silicone butt injections.
1: Oh, God. So
0: the Department of Health is like, oh, we know that name. Mm-hmm. We've had that thing going on with him over in Miami-Dade County. So they start an investigation. They are actually able to um, interview Shatarka before she passes away. So she's able to tell them, Good. you know... Kind of what happened and all of this stuff. After she passes away, a medical examiner, the assistant medical examiner, determines that Shatarka died from a massive systemic silicone migration as a result of silicone injections. And in July of 2012, O'Neil Ron Morris was arrested and charged with manslaughter. Yeah. Newbie's family said that they had been waiting for the day Duchess, as they knew her, would be arrested. They said she was like a family friend. She was at the house all the time. They said she believed she was a trained medical professional because she often wore scrubs and a stethoscope. Oh. Um, so they were just like, we trusted you yeah. and we considered you a friend and this is what you did to our loved one. At Morse's bond hearing in July, it was revealed that another victim had come forward, resulting in an added charge of practicing medicine without a license, resulting in great bodily harm. This victim, I think we're up to victim number four now, so we'll call this one victim number four, um, had butt injections that resulted in knots and required seven surgeries to fix. Um, At the time of this bond hearing, she was actually in the hospital on bed rest in recovery from one of the surgeries. Morse's bond was originally set at $150,000, but in August of 2012, she agreed to several special conditions to get it reduced to $25,000. So those conditions. She waived her right to a speedy trial. Mm -hmm. She agreed to wear an ankle monitoring bracelet, She surrendered her passport and she agreed to be present at all future court proceedings. So she agreed to those um, special conditions and she bonded out of Broward County Jail on August 31st, 2012. Okay, so at this point, it's a little bit unclear to me what went on in either case between the time that she bonded out in August of 2012 and back to... October of 2013 when she pled guilty on the other charges. There's just not a lot of information available. So I'm guessing, you know, there were some, you know, um, continuation hearings that probably took place and stuff like that. But that information's not available to me. Um.
1: Did you lose your place? Yes. Here we are with our new fancy <laughs> microphones. Okay. So... <laughs>
0: There's a mystery year in there that we don't really know what happens. But finally, in January of 2014, she began serving the one-year sentence that she received for the charges in Miami-Dade County. Um, Her lawyer said with credit for time served and good behavior, she would serve about nine months in state prison. Okay, so fast forward to March of 2017. This mystery, like, year has gone by. In the first case, she served her time, and then now she's waived her right to a speedy trial, and um, this case is just kind of slugging along in court. It's now March of 2017, and she finally reaches a plea agreement in the charge of manslaughter in Broward County. Under the plea deal, Morris entered a guilty plea to one count... Of manslaughter and faced up to fifteen years in prison. On March twenty seventh, twenty seventeen, it was an emotional day oh my in God, court. I'm sorry. I
1: just burped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I felt it rumbling, and I was like, "No, no!" no. But it
0: happened. <laughs> On March twenty seventh, twenty fuck. <laughs> On March 27, 2017, it was an emotional day in court as several victims made statements to the judge about the impact Morris had had on their lives. Um, Juanita Newby, Shatarka's aunt, said their family was shattered. There's no closure, she continued. Putting you in jail won't bring her back, she said directly to Morris. Um, Things became heated in the courtroom at that time because she spoke directly to Morris, and Morris was like, "Listen, I didn't do this on purpose. Oh. I didn't. I didn't hurt my friend intentionally." And the aunt was like, "You know, I actually believe that. I do actually believe that you didn't do something intentionally, mm-hmm. but you also didn't come forward and admit what you'd done. Yeah, yeah. And you're playing a victim in all of this, and, and so, you showed up in scrubs. Yeah, and, yeah. Absolutely you totally misrepresented absolutely. yourself. Um, another victim." said you gave us your word that the products you were using was a one products. I'm guessing she means like cosmetic grade, not the silicone. steak sauce. yes <laughs> <laughs> and come to find out they were not. Maybe in the beginning, but greed really took over because you were pocketing the money from every victim. Mm-hmm. Um and then Shatarka's mother. Sherry Pitts. No. Yes. What? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> okay, so that's my mom's name.
0: <laughs> so Sherry Pitts finished by saying, My daughter died the most inhumane death. 18 months she suffered without knowing the full extent of what she put in her body. The doctors couldn't do anything until they knew what was in her body. Which that would be just t- terrible. That
1: would be. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's horrible on so many levels. You know, first, that it's happening, but second, that like someone is out there who you considered a friend who could just come forward and say, This is, this is what I did. This is what's going on. Yeah, with her. this is why she's so sick. Yeah. And then let the actual medical professionals take over.
0: Yeah. Okay, so here's my question for you. Okay. Do you think it's possible? That she really didn't know the danger of what she was doing. She didn't know there was such a difference between cosmetic-grade silicone and silicone that she bought at Home Depot.
1: I think it's totally possible that she had no idea she was going to kill somebody. Yeah. I think it's totally possible she had no idea that it was going to cause serious Mm -hmm. bodily harm. Yeah. But – at the same time, after that first victim comes forward, yeah, I mean, then you've got to go to everyone else and be like, "This is what happened." Yeah, you got to come clean. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think you're right. Yeah, do you? Yeah, I yeah. think that that I there's a small part of me that thinks that she probably did have no idea how dangerous what she was doing was mm-hmm. because she did it to herself too. Oh well, she see, gave yeah, herself okay. injections.
1: Yeah. But did she give herself higher quality? I don't. That that I don't don't know. Okay, because I was going to say, wouldn't she be sick too? Although maybe people Mm, react. Maybe not. I think. Yeah.
0: I think it just depends on how everybody's body um, handled it. I guess. Yeah. Ultimately, a judge sentenced Morris to ten years in prison and five years of probation. Morris's defense attorney, um, at this time it's a different guy, um, William Lanfear, said he disagreed with the prison sentence because his client's patients knew they weren't dealing with a licensed physician. All parties share the responsibility and the blame for for their own actions and the role they played. There was an assumption of risk obligation from the victims. Which I just don't agree with, because she's not telling them, "Hey, I'm going to put cement and fix a flat in your ass." They think they're getting silicone injections.
1: Well, and if you think, I'm just thinking about cosmetic procedures, you don't always necessarily need an MD. To no, do those absolutely. Um, I don't know. I hate to be victim blaming, but at this, I oh god. <laughs> I mean, I do see. See some logic in thinking, okay, there were red flags here. Right. Like. Yeah. Someone coming to your hotel with super glue and cotton. Right. But still, yeah, that doesn't absolve her of anything.
0: But if you didn't know that it wasn't cosmetic grade super glue. Because that is something that plastic surgeons do. They glue incisions closed. So it doesn't
1: leave a scar. So if you didn't know okay, the grade yeah. of some of these things. Yeah, and you were just told this, yeah. is, this is top quality. I've yeah. done this a million times. Don't
0: worry. This is my profession. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. okay. I, I take all that shit I just said back. <laughs> Edit that out. Make me look like a better person. Hmm.
0: Okay. So this is the part that... I haven't mentioned till now, and I think it's the worst part of this whole thing. Um, O'Neill was a transgender woman.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no.
0: Oh and no. most of her victims were also transgender women. They were oh. men transitioning to women who require lots of surgeries mm-hmm. to do that transition, and... They heard about her discounted procedures through word of mouth in the transgender community. And so she really preyed on those women who were just wanting to make their outsides match their insides and didn't have the means to do it. And I think that's pretty fucking terrible.
1: Okay. First of all, I have to clarify, the reason I was saying oh no, oh no earlier was because (laughs) I thought you were about to say they sent her to a men's prison. Oh, they actually did. No. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's serving her sentence in a men's prison, which I whoa. Yeah. Uh, is a whole different topic uh, of debate. Yeah. You just stunned me.
1: Oh God, to me that's like yeah a torture sentence because you know what's happening. Absolutely. Holy shit. Okay, what was my other point? I can't. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Okay. I. Now that I know that, mm-hmm. I'm taking back my other thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Kristen Pitts apology tour. <laughs> about when I was like, you've got to come to your doctor and give him the whole story and you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. Now that I know that most of these victims were trans women, mm-hmm. I can completely understand why you would be leery of being judged. Yes. You would be fearful of... You know, who you could talk to openly in the medical mm-hmm. community. Yeah.
0: So, one of her most profi- high profile victims was this woman named, I'm going to just butcher Go this name. It. Her name's Raji Narina Singh. Wow, you did a terrible job. Uh, um, <laughs> she got facial injections. And she's oh, one of no. the only women that I saw that I came across in my research that got facial injections. And she was injected with the same things everybody else was, and it just knotted up in her face, and Mm -hmm. she got all these horrible lumps and stuff. Her case is, I would say, the most high profile because she was featured on the show Botched.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So
0: she went on the show Botched. Um, which is an e-network, like, reality show with two um, plastic surgeons who help people by fixing kind of bad bad plastic, plastic yeah. surgery gone wrong. Yeah. So she went to them for a consultation and told them, you know, I got these injections. They weren't what I thought they were. Um, and this is what's happened to me. And they look at her, and they basically said, we don't think we can do anything for you. It's too high risk. We mm-hmm. could make it worse. Yeah. And that's where the show left it. She left without getting anything. But in my research today, I actually found out that they actually did formulate a plan for her. And they called her back and asked her to come in. And they were actually able to um, do some fixes on her. And, it, and they fixed a lot of her oh, facial issues. If you go on and look at her before and after pictures, it's amazing. But this is what she had to say um, about... Her interaction with Morris, she says, and this is kind of, you know, in in relation to her trans transitioning from male to female. Mm-hmm. She says, it becomes so dire that you want to match your outside with your inside that you're willing to roll the dice and take your tra- chances. As a transgender person, you're thinking, oh, my God, I can start to look like I want to look and I don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah, so, I think there's a lot of, um, uh, that's the hardest part for me is that I feel like she preyed a little bit on people yeah. who were just like her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And trusted her. Yes, he trusted her because, yeah, he trusted she, her was because like she was just like them. Yeah. yeah, that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. And especially... I take back my other thing I said about the money because transitioning, that's crazy expensive. so
0: expensive. So, yeah,
1: I mean, you would be looking to cut corners in any way you can and maybe if you feel like, oh, this person's giving me a deal because she's gone through what I'm going through. Yeah. I take back everything Everything. I've ever said (laughs) (laughs) on any topic. And that's the tale of the toxic tush doctor. Wow. Okay, I thought I knew that story. I had no idea. <laughs> all I knew was like, I feel like I saw a viral picture. Uh huh. And it was this woman's ass, mm-hmm. and it looked like a balloon that had been deflated but was full of pebbles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's basically that's what it, what it looks like.
0: like. It's like all of it
1: has like collapsed and then deposited like in these chunks. Yeah. Oh. Which would make you miss your old ass so right, much. Right. Your
0: old flat ass. Yeah. you <laughs> never looked better. Uh side note on that show um Botched. I saw mm-hmm. this lady once who got butt implants. Okay. And then her implants flipped around. Whoa. So ooh, like no. they're they're like, you know, um Oh yeah, they'd flat be flat on one, one they're side. flat on one side and then Fart rounded on the, on the other. other. So they flipped around so the flat side was out. No. Yes.
1: No. <laughs> oh no. Yes. How does that happen like sitting on it funny? I don't know. I have no it? idea how it happens. I'm just picturing two capital D's just right? swimming. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. But they fixed it for. good. So. Okay. Flat ass no more. Oh, thank God. Yes. I can tell you, from a place of great authority, there's nothing worse <laughs> the flat ass. <laughs> it's all upper thigh back there. <laughs> Just a straight line. <laughs> Try not to be jealous, lady. Okay, you ready? I am. This is like... A big ol' whodunit. A big ol' whodunit! (laughs) A game of Clue come to life. Oh my gosh. Okay. Picture it. September 16th, 1922. In a field near a New Jersey farm. A couple is strolling down Lover's Lane. Hold on. (laughs) A couple is strolling down Lover's Lane when they come across two dead bodies. One belongs to a priest named Edward Hall. The other belongs to Eleanor Mills, who sang in the church choir. They're laying on their backs next to each other. Eleanor's left hand is positioned on Edward's right thigh, and her head is resting on his arm. Edward has been shot in the head, but there's a hat covering his face, and his glasses are on. Oh, my God. It gets weirder. Oh, God. His calling card. Bad to say. I'm so excited. (laughs) You don't have to say it because I can see it on your face. It's like there is a switch on. Yes. His calling card is at his feet. Eleanor has been shot three times in the head. Her throat is slit from ear to ear, but there's a scarf covering it. Oh my god. Her tongue has been removed. Yeah, so she can't talk. She can't tell anybody. Damn right. (laughs) Both of their bodies have other minor injuries that I'm not even going to get into because it's, like, so beside the point. Edward isn't wearing his watch, but there's money in his pocket, and his wallet is nearby. Torn-up love letters are scattered over their dead bodies. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. They are both married. Not, Not to, to each <laughs> other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're having an affair, oh my obviously. Gosh. Um, police are called to the scene where it's clear that the bodies have been dead for about a day just because there's maggots in Eleanor at mm-hmm. the whole deal. So obviously they want to get started with this investigation right away but there's a problem. This is, like, the most exciting thing that has happened ever anywhere. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. you know, the police want to cover it, but the thing is, this crime scene is right on the border between these two counties. So you've got these two competing police departments mm-hmm. who are like, it's my jurisdiction. No, it's mine. Oh, my so gosh. So there's this huge argument over who is going to investigate this. In the meantime word gets out that there is this crazy crime scene. And the whole fucking town comes to see it. Oh, yeah. And not just the whole town. The media swoops in. Oh my so this gosh. was one of the first cases where um, reporters could use, oh, shit, what's the word? Um, telegraphs to mm-hmm. telegraph their news. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So for the first time ever, you could send out reporters from all these faraway places, and they could get the news back fairly quickly to their communities. Mm-hmm. So... While the police are fighting over who has jurisdiction over this crime scene. The, you know, just regular people, reporters show up. And what do you think they did? <laughs> I don't know, Tammy. Oh, they stood back at a far yes, distance. and they Set up a perimeter. Yes. They came <laughs> with their own caution tape. No, no. First of all, they walked everywhere. They trampled all over everything. So there goes any footprint oh, evidence you might have hoped gosh. for. Then... Um, They saw the calling card at Edward's feet and they were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Someone picks it up. They pass it around the crowd. Everyone wants to take a look. (sighs) So there goes any fingerprints you might have tried to get. Then, so the bodies were placed right underneath this big crabapple tree. Get this. People... Dug up the crab apple tree, cut it into parts to keep as souvenirs. Holy shit! <laughs> yes. What? Yes! <laughs> Let me get a slab of that crab apple tree to remember the moment, Mike! Yeah, to remember the time I went to a double murder. Mm-hmm. So I was born in the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here you are now, where people would, like, the police would just smack you down if you even Dread. not gotten near it. <laughs> so, eventually, the police figured out the jurisdiction issue. And they started searching for a murder weapon. But, of course, all of these reporters and people weren't just going to stand by and not help. <laughs> so, like, reporters and just random people, they got rakes and shovels and they just started digging they just started doing whatever there were two wells on the property so they just went and did their own investigation tried to find some stuff and then people got kind of bored because they couldn't find the weapon so there was this old abandoned property on or house on this property so they just started taking shit from that property again souvenirs There was no gift shop. They had to do their own thing. This is gonna surprise you. But that destroyed the crime scene. No! <laughs> what? Turns out that was not great that people did that. Um so anyway, that's that's kind of the day that everyone was yes. everything was discovered. But let's jump back to the day that Ed and Eleanor were last seen alive. First off, Eleanor sang in the choir at the church where Ed was the priest. Um, But they'd been having this affair. And it was fairly well-known in the congregation. I mean, it's hard to know how well-known. But people Mm -hmm. seemed to kind of know what was up. I have a question. Okay.
0: You're referring to him as a priest, but you also said
1: he's married. What? Oh, shit. Minister, priest, religious (laughs) dude. (laughs) You know, one of the articles did say priest, and I didn't question it at all. Uh Uh-huh. But he was Episcopalian. Okay. So that'd be minister, right? Probably. Let's say minister from now on. Okay. So um, some members of the congregation knew about it or suspected it. And when the police eventually came and talked to Eleanor's neighbor, the neighbor was like, oh, Yeah. The minute Eleanor's husband leaves for work, Ed just comes on by. He parks his car right over there, you know, like, so people kind of knew. Oh my gosh. But after these two bodies were found, Eleanor's husband and Ed's wife were both like, oh my God, I had no idea they were having an affair. They both said, really? (laughs) Mm
0: hmm. Hmm.
1: When police questioned the two spouses, Eleanor's husband said that the day that this all went down, Eleanor left the house without telling him or their two teenagers where she was going. And uh, once it got late, he started to kind of worry. So he went to the church to see if she was there, but she wasn't. So he just went back home and went to sleep. What? Yeah. Yeah. He claimed that she did this sometimes. Like, she would just leave for a day or two, and she always came back, so... Oh, my God. Uh, if my husband didn't come home...
0: Yeah. No fucking way would I be able to go asleep, just, just yeah, go to sleep. No, no.
1: And it wouldn't just be like, oh, well... I hope she's home tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And granted, this was like, Eons before cell phones and all that yes, stuff. But of still, you would still worry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, when police questioned Ed's wife, Francis said that Ed did, did tell her that he was leaving to go meet Eleanor. Um, but he said, I'm meeting Eleanor about her medical bill. So what does that mean? Eleanor, like nine months prior, had needed kidney surgery. But she and her husband couldn't afford it. Uh-huh. So Ed, this minister generously offers, I'm gonna pay for it in installments. Mm. You may be wondering (laughs) how could he afford to pay for it if he's a minister? Yes. Dude married very well. (laughs) When he was 30, he married 37-year-old uh shit, what's her name? Okay, he married 37-year-old Frances Stevens Hall. She was super wealthy. Came from a very prominent family. She's rumen, She's rumored to be related to the Johnson and Johnson family. Oh, yeah. Um, so none of the articles said this. That baby powder thing's really going to do something to her. later. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody, like no one, in the articles said this. But in my mind, okay. He offers to pay for this woman's surgery with basically his wife's money. Yeah. yeah. So, sleaze ball. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but here's the thing: when Ed didn't come home that night, Frances claims she was worried, and she went and knocked on her brother's bedroom door, and she's like, "Ed's not home. I'm really worried." Um, by the way, this is how wealthy they were. This house, this home she was in, is now owned by Rutgers University. It's like a dean's residence. It is beautiful. Did some Googling. Did some Googling. (laughs) That could also be the tagline to this podcast. (laughs) Did Did some some Googling. Googling. (laughs) So, you know, she and the brother get up. They go to the church, but there are no lights on at the church. Then they go to Eleanor's house, but there are no lights on there. So they go back home and the next afternoon Frances reports her husband missing to the police. Mm-hmm. So at this point I have two issues. hmm If neither one of them knew that their spouses were having affairs Why did they go to the other Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, no no no. Now I'm now that I think about it, she did tell police he was supposed to meet Eleanor. So I guess it might make sense to go to Eleanor's house. Mm-hmm. But still, I... I don't know. I... Yeah, I'm... Anyway, anyway. So, moving on. This thing, every reporter from everywhere was covering this thing. And it was... I mean, it was crazy exciting. You you can't make this shit up. Torn up love letters yeah. over dead bodies that have been positioned. I mean... Yeah. Weird. So, police are investigating this crime, but the investigation is going nowhere. Um... There was a ton of pressure from everyone to solve the case, but the crime scene had been trampled to shit. And clearly, both of these spouses had a motive, but with no evidence, mm-hmm. what the hell do yeah. you do? So, in just a pure desperation move, the prosecutor asks to have the bodies exhumed and reexamined. What he hoped to find... God. The world may never know. <laughs> a note in the pocket. So and so did it. Um they were still dead. Oh my gosh, you're kidding! Still had both been shot, you know. Um so he really found nothing new. So again, just spinning their wheels. Yes. Finally, police caught a break. After hours of interrogation, a young man admitted that he knew who did it. <gasps> It was his friend, Clifford Hayes. Who the fuck's Clifford Hayes? Hold on to your hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's over your dead head. Yes. (laughs) So he told told the detective that Clifford went on a walk the night of the murders. So he's out walking on this lover's lane alone, and he spots two figures, Mm -hmm. a man and a woman. He mistakes them for the girl he has a crush on and some other dude. And he is just pissed. So he murders them both. And it's like a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Is that, is that uh, bullshit? <laughs> my goodness. My goodness. What on earth made you think that that was bullshit? <laughs> um. Yeah, so you're not the only one who thought that was complete bullshit. But... Based on that story, the prosecutor charged Clifford Hayes with the murders. Because
0: he didn't have anything else. He's like, yes, finally. Exactly. I have somebody to charge.
1: Exactly. It doesn't matter that it's... (laughs) (laughs) We've got all this media in town. Everybody's asking me. And finally, we've got an answer. Well, here's the thing, though. It's funny because in this case, like, in some ways, all the media coverage, I'm sure, wasn't great. But in this case... In this particular instance for Clifford, it was awesome. Because then this comes out, and people are all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so he kills him. Mm-hmm. Why position the bodies? And where the Why? fuck do the love letters come from? Yes, yes, What the hell? What's with the love letters? Why overkill? Yeah, I no, mean, no, like, no.
0: It's a way more personal crime than that. Yeah,
1: people were just like, this makes no sense. Mm -mm. It was clearly not some spur-of-the-moment crime. No. No, no. Not at all. So people didn't stand for it. Um, They were super suspicious of Detective Frank Kirby, who was the one who got the young man to blame Clifford Hayes for the crime, and they literally threw stones at him Oh my! when he walked by. (laughs) (laughs) This was another time. Oh, my God. (laughs) They threw stones at him. They shouted mean things to him because nobody believed that Clifford did it. It didn't make any sense at all. Um, and a bunch of people actually created a, f- created a fund for his defense. And people were pitching in from all over. Within three days, the young man who had kind of broken down under interrogation recanted the story. Yeah, said, no nope, shit. made it all totally up. Totally made it up. And they dropped the charges against Clifford. Oh, my God. Yes. But now, police have to go back to the drawing board. And now they're in, like, double trouble because (laughs) (laughs) they were super shitty with this Clifford kid. And now they've really got nothing. Um, So they start to look more closely at the two people with motive. Yeah. uh, The spouses of the dead couple. But again, even though there's motive, there's no evidence whatsoever to pin anybody to this crime and that's when a new witness comes forward her name is Jane Gibson she's a 50-year-old hog farmer oh
0: i was like i couldn't wait for the pig farmer to come in
1: <laughs> and the media nicknamed her pig woman well that's just mean <laughs> um yeah, we're going to talk a lot about her. Uh-huh. Um, the media had a lot to say about her. Oh, One source said that she was a former carny, but they didn't use the term carney. I can't remember what they said. The other thing they said was that, like, <laughs> <laughs> The other thing they said was that, like, oh, God, I wish I could remember. It was such a condescending, awful thing to say about somebody. But it was like, she showed up with her son of unknown <laughs> you know, like basically, like, basically saying, this old pig woman, she was having sex with everybody. Who knows who the dad oh is of this Oh, my thing. gosh. But anyway, so this woman comes forward, and the bodies were actually found on her property. So she tells a story of the night of the murder. She says she was in her home. She heard her dog bark. And she thought, oh, my gosh, someone is out there trying to steal my crops. So she gets on her mule— to try to find this guy. Sure enough, she finds this thief. They, you know, engage in a chase. Tango? <laughs> <laughs> I was not <like>, tango <laughs> He was an excellent dancer, which is just really convenient. No, so she chases him out to the lover's lane. And it's at that point that she sees four people. She sees two men, two women. Yes. It's dark out though so she doesn't get a good look at faces and stuff um but okay hold on let me get i'm sorry this is like oh the my worst gosh, part it's so played. exciting!
0: because
1: uh, <laughs> i want to get this story exactly right okay um so yeah looks like two women two men they're all standing she hears gunshots and at that point she's like whoa no i've got to get out of here so as she's leaving she hears a woman shout Henry. So, worth <laughs> noting that Francis, the wife of Edward, had a cousin named Henry. Who's wondering who, who Henry was? Lived semi nearby. Oh my gosh! Okay, so she claims that she came forward to the police with this story, and they were like, "Get out of here, pig woman!" Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they were like, "Nah." Mm-mm. And the other thing they said. About this story was it doesn't, it doesn't match what we know because they were saying, look, we don't know much, but we do suspect that just from the way the bullet went into Edward's head that he couldn't have been standing when he was shot. Mm -hmm. So police were suspicious, but a lot of people were kind of like, hey, this, this sounds kind of right. There could be something to this. So people got excited. Like Jane's story gave people a lot of hope. Because finally they had an answer, and it was a hell of a lot better than some random guy named Clifford stumbles upon two people and murders them. Here's the shitty thing. Jane loved to tell this story. She told it to reporters. She told it to neighbors. She told it to everybody. And every time she told it, it got a little better. Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you heard that first version. You know, the first version, oh, I didn't really see anything. I heard some gunshots, heard the name Henry. Okay. But she starts to add in some fun new details, (laughs) because why not? So she starts to add in, like, oh, well, there were two cars, actually, and the headlights were on. So I did see some faces. And, you know, one was Francis, and I saw her brothers, and I saw the cousin. Yeah. (laughs) Saw everyone very well. Yes. And, oh, I heard another thing. I just remembered. I just remembered. I didn't just hear some woman say Henry. I heard some woman say How do you explain these notes? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, David. Oh, I remembered another thing. (laughs) I remember that. Eleanor at one point tried to escape, but they brought her back in. Oh oh my God. Then, (laughs) this is is my favorite because, like, (sighs) yes. Um, Then she claims that when she was fleeing that scene the first time, she lost her moccasin. And at (laughs) one in the morning, she's like, Well, I gotta get that shoe back. So she goes back at one in the morning. What does she see? It's Frances standing over her husband's dead body weeping. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure these stories sold a lot of papers. Yes. But the people around her were like. Mm. So, like, first of all, her neighbor saw her the morning after these bodies were discovered. And she was like, yeah, Jane didn't tell me any of these stories. Oh, my gosh. And Jane also had people boarding in her house, and they were like, yeah, she never mentioned this to us. Oh I mean, how, gosh. why would she keep silent about yeah. this this whole time? Um, Another small detail. When she came forward, she told everyone she was the widow of a minister. Her. Whoa. Her husband was alive and not a minister. (laughs) So, oh God. (laughs) But there were still some people who believed this story or some version of it. Just because, you know, as nutty as it was, it at least made more sense. I mean... You know what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. I think people wanted answers. Yeah. And And they're like, maybe this is possibly an explanation. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. So when she finally talked to police, she said the shooter that night was Francis Hall's cousin, Henry. So police took what she said seriously this time. They questioned Henry, but he had a pretty good alibi. He said he was with friends all night and he had friends to back it up. So, you know, meh. Finally, a few months Meh. after, <laughs> that's what that's what police said. So finally, a few months after the deaths, the prosecutor convened a grand jury. There were sixty-seven witnesses, including our friend the pig woman. Pig woman. So they were looking at. I. It was kind of hard to figure out, but I think they were looking at Francis, her two brothers, and the cousin Henry. But it went nowhere. There were no indictments. Yeah. For years, nothing happened. Then, Frances Hall's former maid, Louise, had some marital troubles. She'd been married for less than a year, when all of a sudden, her husband comes forward and he's like, I want an annulment, I am disgusted. And he had this story. He claimed that at some point, when Ed and Eleanor were alive, Louise learned that they were planning to elope together, which I don't know how you elope when you're married, but you know, whatever. Whatever. You get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So out of loyalty to her boss, she went and told Francis, hey, there's something up. Then, I guess at some point after the murders, Francis brought Louise, her chauffeur, and her brother to show them the murder scene. Then she paid Louise $5,000 in hush money. (gasps) Okay. Louise Louise was like... No, that never happened. That's completely false. The chauffeur came forward, said the same thing. That never happened. That's totally made up. But people kind of believe that story, too. And one of the people who believed that story was the governor of New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. So he appointed a special prosecutor to reopen this case, look into it again. So four years after the murders... Frances Hall, her two brothers, and her cousin were arrested and charged <gasps> with the murders, even though there wasn't much evidence. I know, on what evidence? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they all pled not, gu- not guilty, uh-huh. and the cousin was granted a separate trial. So, again, the prosecution had a motive, but they didn't have much evidence. So they just, I think their strategy was just like, let's load up on witnesses. Mm-hmm. 157 witnesses. What the fuck? Guess who their star witness was? Pig woman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So at the trial... Jane stole I would the show. Just like to point out that I was really offended by the nickname "Pig Woman," uh-huh. and I've
0: called her it no less than ten times. Okay, now.
1: you would not believe the flip flops I have done because, like, when I first looked at this case, I was like, "That is horrible," yeah. and I had, I had seriously half a page of just like the the reporter from Time was terrible, and he said this, and this, and I was just mad, 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 and then I started reading more about like what she did and how she just kind of made... And I was like, you know what? Pig woman's fine. Pig woman's fine. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. That's right. Pig woman it is. But no, I'm with you because immediately I was like, this is not okay. They did this to this poor... And I was so on her side, too. I Initially, I was like, oh, this is just this kind of disheveled woman who no one wanted to believe, but she saw the whole thing and... Mm, no. Mm, no. Probably not. <laughs> <clears throat> so at the trial, Jane stole the show. Oh, God. She was, oh, God. I wish I could see this. She was brought in on a stretcher. What? <laughs> yes. She was brought in on a stretcher because she said she didn't feel well. Oh, God. So she told the story about coming onto the scene with all of them there and going back at 1 a.m. for her shoe and seeing Frances Hall crying over her husband's dead body. Oh, my gosh. In the middle of her testimony, her mom stood up and was like, You're a liar. (laughs) Nobody listened to her. My daughter is a liar. (laughs) She's a lying liar who lies. Yes. (laughs) Obviously, uh, it was not hard for the defense to discredit Jane. (laughs) Um, First of all, she looked like shit. I mean, all, I, yeah. So there's, like, the superficial stuff. But then there's also, um, they pointed out, okay, she changed her story a million times. And then they also brought in a witness who said, "Um, yeah, Jane tried to bribe me with some money in if I would support her testimony. Oh, my so, gosh. So, you know, there goes the star witness. Yeah. And throughout the trial, any time the prosecution took a step forward, the defense came back swinging. Yeah. And I probably don't need to mention this, but obviously these people were super wealthy, so they had awesome defense. Yeah. Attorneys. Duh. One point, and I still don't know... Okay, I'll just say this. At one point, they called Francis's daughter to the stand, to identify her mother's love letters, which apparently this shitty daughter like sold her mom's love letters for $500 to some newspaper or magazine. Um, But I guess my question is, okay, what does that prove? What are, yeah, what does that prove? Yeah, I mean, maybe it proved. I assume the love letters were to someone she, you know, to not Edward, but, I mean, yeah. he was having an affair too. And, yeah. you know, lots of people have affairs. They don't. Um, murder two people and tear up <laughs> uh, blood Tara notes all over, all over the place. So, at another point, they called in a state trooper who said that Henry the cousin paid him to drop the case. Which, how a state trooper oh, drops yes. the case. But anyway, that's that's just what we've got here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't question me. You know, that seemed pretty damning, right? Yeah. But then the defense gets up and he goes, Um are you in Alcatraz right now? And the dude's like, uh, yeah, I'm in Alcatraz because I'm a military deserter. And so, <gasps> and so then, of course, everyone's like, mm. you know what he should have said? What? I mean, not right this minute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm in a courtroom. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so suddenly, you know, people didn't care too much about what he had to say yeah. once they kind of learned, like, mm, he's not some stand-up guy. Yeah. So... The trial lasted for about 30 days. The jury deliberated for five hours. What do you think they found? Not guilty. They acquitted all of the Yeah. Um, to this day, the murders of Edward and Eleanor are unsolved. <gasps> By the time it finished, it was the most reported trial in American history. Oh, my gosh. Now, before we get any further... Because normally I, normally I always interrupt with myself with like, and I get this from here, this from yeah. here. Most of this I got from a book that I couldn't tell you the title of because I knew it would ruin everything. The title of the book is Cold Cases, Famous Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> Crimes, and Disappearances in America by Helena Katz. So thank you, Helena <laughs> Katz. And I'm sorry I didn't give you a shout out earlier, but I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> but can you believe that? Oh, oh you know what? Gosh. I missed a part. I missed a part. Um, So... The whole time I was looking into this, I was like, why didn't they question Eleanor's husband more? Like, it seemed like yeah. no one really looked at him. And oh, let, me, let, me find, let me find what I got. Okay. <laughs> so one newspaper columnist called Eleanor's husband, and I am quoting here, a harmless, dull little fellow. <laughs> And it seemed like. Where's the big woman? <laughs> it really seemed like everyone was just kind of looked at him and was like, nah, you Ooh, didn't commit a double he murder. You couldn't do it. It, it was seriously. did it. See, I mean, who knows? But it was like everyone thought he was too dweeby to <gasps> commit this crime. Oh, it's a perfect crime. <laughs> just be a big dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, oh my god. This is I hate cold cases. I, I do I, I don't like it when I stuff is unresolved. And like last night I was How looking, dare you bring up the unresolved? I know! Case. I know. It's such a good one, though. I know, I know. It's crazy. It's <laughs> yes. crazy. Um the so the other piece of evidence, and mm-hmm. I would put this in quotation marks because I think this can go either way. Against Francis was that after the murders, I think it was like six days after the murders, she sent some clothing to Philadelphia to be dyed black. Mm. Which to me is like, okay, was there blood on it? Right. In that case, uh great. If not, then she just had a dead husband. Was and she was in mourning. mourning?
0: Exactly. Which yeah. either
1: would explain it. <gasps> I know, because that was very
0: common then, right? You yeah, black in black and mourning.
1: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> But again, I feel like... In case you
0: missed that, that was... (laughs) Right into the fucking microphone. That's your thinking wheeze. (laughs) thinking wheeze. Never made that noise before in my life. Had to do it right into the microphone. The
1: fuck? Uh, But yeah, this this case bothers me so much because I feel... Mm. Part of me is like, okay, well, it's one or the other. It's Francis yeah, and right. her brothers no, who evidently... What if it's both? I, what if they work together? I doubt it. Why? Because he was a dweeb? <laughs> That's why he was such a dweeb. Part of me is like, okay, the overkill with Eleanor. Yeah. Um, And I guess this could go either way, but part of me thinks, okay... Edward died in a much more dignified way. and someone It cared- has to be Francis because she's so pissed at Eleanor. Yeah, even though I how think that's think dumb. That? For the record, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that's dumb. Like, if, your spouse is the one who's supposed to be loyal to you, but I can understand how, you know, you're... No, you, you know. love your spouse. Do so you blame it on the bitch of a woman? <laughs> <laughs> the hope for show sure yeah, in the choir. Right. <laughs> so that's what makes me think that, It was Mm. her rather than Eleanor's husband, because also his watch was missing.
0: Mm.
1: But money was still there. So that was the watch, like a family heirloom. That's what I wonder, or like something to remember him by. My gosh! Here's a crazy theory, okay, that I saw online. Ready for it? Someone, um, and I can't remember who, said that maybe it was the KKK. Why? Well, okay, immediately I thought that was dumb because <laughs> uh, Just to be honest, like I I immediately was like uh the KKK killed two, two white, white people. people. <laughs> <laughs> um but I started thinking about it more. I still think it's wrong. But, but I put my tinfoil hat on. <laughs> and- <laughs> Let me position that on there, real good, real tight. Um, and you know when we when we talked about the KKK, I think it was uh-huh. like second or third episode yeah. with the DC Stevens yeah. thing. Their whole thing supposedly was like, we're just a good Christian organization, and so maybe if they felt like someone was doing christianity wrong right which, a minister was uh-huh, which boy i mean if the if the kkk mm. says you're not a good christian or oh. you really gotta reexamine your life <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't know like so maybe but even then i just can't imagine no i think it's francis yeah it's too personal yeah
0: it's very i think it's a very personal crime yeah i think it's got to be francis
1: Also, I should mention, Eleanor was very good looking. Francis, not so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Worth noting. (laughs) (laughs) Worth noting. That was
1: so good. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. It was, it has been bugging me so much because, first of all, I procrastinated with this one. I started researching it yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. Because I guess when I first looked at it Monday night, I was like, oh, that's, you know, looks pretty straightforward, nothing to it. Well, then you get deeper into it, and there's all these, like, oh, yes. twists and turns, and I'm like, damn it, <laughs> I wish I had more time. Yes. Which, because I really want to know more about Eleanor's husband. Yeah. And why did everyone just dismiss yes. him? I I really do wonder if people just thought he was pathetic. Uh-huh.
0: He couldn't get his shit together enough to murder two people.
1: Well, and people people are weirdly judgmental about like a husband or a man who gets cheated on. Yes, I feel absolutely. Because like. you know people tend to have this attitude, like, oh, men are dogs. They'll do. It. But like, mm-hmm. if a woman cheats on you, yeah, mm, you're a dweeb. <laughs> you're a dull, spineless little a dull, fellow. Spineless little fellow. That's right. <sighs> Can oh, you believe that?
0: That was a good one. I hate that there's no resolution. I'm going to solve this case. Uh,
1: okay. You know what? I want to. <laughs> yeah, I, w- let's, I, I let's It was just killing it. me. It was killing me. Sorry, podcast over. We have a new mission in life. We <laughs> yes. have to solve this case. <laughs> yeah, I can never do another unsolved yeah, one. Because uh, uh. it just, I keep thinking about it. What am I going to no. do about it? it yeah. happened in 1922. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing I forgot to mention was I'm pretty sure they exhumed the bodies again. Oh God. Yeah, before they Were they the trial. still dead the third <laughs> time? <laughs> okay, well get this. The third time was when they apparently noticed that Eleanor's tongue was missing, which the, Nobody looked before? I see, part of me is really suspicious of that. First of all, how did no one look? Yeah. Um and I I guess I don't know. I wonder where her tongue went. Ew, yeah, you think... Th- Ooh, God, ew. Somebody has her tongue. Edward's watch is wrapped around <laughs> <neck>. So gross. <laughs> but don't you wonder, that like... tongue is the missing piece. Find the tongue, find the murderer. <laughs> don't you wonder where that
0: watch is? Yes. I mean... Francis has it. No, Francis's fucking grandkid
1: has it now and has no idea. See, this is what I wonder about, like... Is it in a safety deposit box somewhere? I mean, that watch is somewhere. Yes. Find the watch. Oh Find the murder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am convinced because you know it had to be a nice watch. Yeah. You know little Edward didn't buy his own watch. Mm-hmm. That was Francis's family money that bought that. God, I'm so victim blaming with this because part of me is like, Francis did it and, hey, girl.
0: I get it
1: (laughs) I would not want to cross you (laughs) I know that's messed up I know that's messed up I'll just stop I know I know I know it's wrong. It's terrible. It's, it's absolutely terrible. There's no excuse oh ever. Oh my gosh, it's never okay to murder your husband and his lover. <laughs> Even if she's hot and she sings in the church choir <laughs> and you're paying for her yes. surgery. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh that's the unsatisfying ending to Oh man. It's a good thing the, the, the story murder. was so good or I'd be so pissed at you. Oh, I'm I'm pissed at <laughs> me. We can all be angry. <laughs> I should have made something up. And it's solved. And I solved it. (laughs) All right. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. That was a good one. Thank you. I have to put the name of the... I purposely didn't fill out our outro because I was like, I don't want Brandy to see that. I don't want her to see
0: it. I didn't even realize that I had already done
1: mine. I was like, oh, I have to do that real quick. I'm just so top of (laughs) it
0: that I did it this morning (laughs) in my pajamas watching the Olympics.
1: What was on today?
0: I was watching, uh, (laughs) it was cross country skiing Mm -hmm. and I cried. Why? Because, okay, so the, um, it was a relay. It was a two person relay Uh and they did like six laps and they alternated laps and it was women's. Um, the america has not won a cross country skiing medal in like 40 something years and the girl so it was the a two person team and the first person this is like her like fifth Olympics or something Mm. like that. And the second girl is like her first Olympics and she's young. And she like looked up to this woman that she's racing with her whole life and her whole life. She had a picture of the guy who won the one, the only medal the United States has ever won in a cross country event on her wall. And she, she did the last leg she fucking sprinted her life away and took the fucking gold medal. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. That is so touching. That yeah, was amazing. <laughs> I want to like, cry just oh hearing that. And she was like in third place going into like uh-huh. the last turn. And they're like, she's totally gassed. She can't do it. She's no, totally she gassed. It, she and then it. she like sprinted like her fucking legs off and took the gold. That is. It was amazing. That is it. that is so cool. Yes. That is so cool.
1: Oh my god. And like
0: the commentators were like, she's got
1: it. They're like screaming. And yes. like it was amazing. Oh my god. That makes me so happy. Yes. I love that so much more than just she was in the lead the whole time. Yes. It was really so- No, no, come yes. from behind. Yes. Oh my god. That is Um, great.
0: The guy that won the gold um, for, like, the individual cross-country skiing race, he was from Norway. Uh And he got knocked over in, like, the start in this, like, huge race. Tons of people. He gets knocked over. (sighs) He's at the... Like, he gets trampled. He's at the very back of the pack. He comes back and wins
1: the whole fucking thing. Whoa. Yes. Damn. Yes. (laughs) I see, and part of me wonders, like, does having that happen, like, Like, fire fire you you up? up? Yeah. (laughs) Because I would be pissed. (laughs) I would also win the gold. (laughs) It's really just a choice that you make. <laughs> That's right. In that moment, you have to choose not to give up. And just, you know, I would think in really way it a go come. for
0: the go for the gold.
1: <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, like us on Facebook. Yes, uh, give us a review.
0: Uh, subscribe to our always. podcast. Yeah, don't give us a shitty review, okay? Come on, guys. If you didn't like it, just don't listen to us. <laughs> just don't tell anybody don't how tell bad Don't tell anybody we are. how bad it was. If you did like it, tell everyone you know. But maybe warn them about, like, the content
1: sometimes and the language. <laughs> Warn them that we're not classy, that we curse a lot. And um, so far, almost every episode has involved, like, uh, sex or asses in some That's right. Yeah, this one was free of penises
0: for the first time. Yeah, hey, it was. Penis-free episode.
1: Good job. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this penis-free episode. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I
0: copy and paste from the best
1: sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got a lot of great info from the book Cold Cases, Famous Unsolved Mysteries, Crimes, and Disappearances in America by Helena Katz. And I got my info from articles by Carrie Codd and
0: Joan Murray for CBS News Miami, as well as an article by Katie Mettler for The Washington Post.
1: For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are of course ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their
0: stuff.